welcome to the Why on Earth Community's Stewardship and Sustainability podcast series. Today, we are at EarthX Film visiting with Michael Kane. Hi, Michael. Hi, how you doing? Good. How you doing today? Good. Thanks for having me on. Well, we're uh, really excited to have this opportunity to visit with you. And I know we we're at a big event that you guys hosted last night here in Dallas, Texas, and appreciate you taking the time in your busy schedule today uh, to visit with us a bit. And uh, before we dive into our conversation, let me just tell our audience a little about you and who you are. Sure, thanks. So Michael Kane is the president and co-founder of EarthX Film. His mission is to change the world for the better through storytelling, which led him to co-found EarthX Film in 2017. EarthX Film is an environmental festival which showcases films and emerging interactive media that explore conservation, climate change, and the environment. EarthX Film is a division of the nonprofit organization EarthX, which was founded by Trammell S. Crow in 2011. EarthX is the world's largest environmental expo, conference, and provides and film festival, excuse me, which takes place every April in Dallas, Texas. The event and year-round activities provide a non-partisan platform for all parties to openly discuss environmental problems and work towards solutions. In 2019, over 177,000 attendees, 650 organizations, 6,500 youth, and 400 speakers participated. Michael received his Master of Fine Arts from the American Film Institute in producing, where he was granted the honor of commencement speaker. Kane has produced and executive produced over 25 feature-length films, 30 commercials, and music videos, many of them award-winning projects, which align with the mission of using media to inspire and create social change, including his directorial debut, TV Junkie, which was awarded the Sundance Special Jury Prize and premiered on HBO. And Michael, I know you've also worked as producer on Jobs, on Tower, and now you're working on uh, a, a piece called Bigger Than Water that mm -hmm. I'm really excited about. Um, I, I want to dive in by asking you, what, how did you get into film as a way to work toward social change, as a way to work on many of these environmental and cultural challenges that we're facing? I, I ran the and started the Dallas Film Society and the AFI Dallas International Film Festival after starting the Deep Ellum Film Festival. And Deep Ellum Film Festival was a film festival to raise money for cancer relief. So I began to understand the fact that you could link the, these sort of experiences with philanthropic causes. Mm -hmm. And so through programming Dallas International Film Festival, we began to see great movies like The Cove come along and with Luis Sahoyas and began to understand that you, there was some connection that if we could figure out the impact piece of it, that movies could change the world. And I always got involved with films because I believe they could change the world. It's just the environmental piece of it is the one that I came really late to the table on. Um, and, and I'd even give credit for Louis Sahoyas and the, you know, his film Race and Extinction. They approached Trammell about coming on, uh, Chip Cummings and the group approached Trammell about coming on. Um, I saw a cut of the movie, loved it, and then helped kind of negotiate the deal, helped make it so that it was a win-win for Trammell and for Louis. And so the film got in Sundance after that, and then 
helped educate Trammell to see the fact that these movies could be used as a tool to go along with the conferences and the expo, but to create social change uh, and also just changes within government. You know, if they don't know about it, how are they going to change it? And I think film has that power to be the catharsis for everything. Yeah, absolutely. Last night, we watched together Sea of Shadows. Mm -hmm. And I was wondering if you might share with the audience just, you know, a quick uh, synopsis of what we saw last night and why you think that's so powerful to share with the community here. Sure, absolutely. And um, that was a film we played during the film festival and it received an impact award, which meant the money didn't go to the film, it went to the cause behind the film, because that's the other thing. People don't make movies to show them to people. Uh, they, they make them to create change within people. Mm -hmm. And they make them to promote the causes that they're actually filming. So it's not enough just to watch a movie, you've got to actually create impact. So that movie does a great job, set in Mexico, begins with an investigative reporter, um, Carlos Loret, who was there with us last night, and follows his investigative journey to find out why this particular fish, um, Lord, uh, I'm going to blow the name of it now, Tor Toto, Totoaba, was being used, it's basically called the cocaine of the sea, because in Asia it's so expensive to have, and unfortunately the small group of 3,000 fishermen in the Baja of Mexico are using illegal fishing methods that are causing the vaquita to go extinct. So you have multiple, you know, you have environmental stories, you have economic impact, you've got a crime story. So the movie does a great job of tying it all together to realize that none of these problems are simple to solve, but they have to be solved. Yeah, absolutely. One of the things I really appreciate about the movie is that it really shows how our consumer demand in various parts of the planet is having massive and profound effects on ecosystems and communities of people in other parts of the world. And it's very clear to us at the Why on Earth community that this is one of the mechanisms we really each need to understand and wield appropriately for the healing of our world. Absolutely. I mean, all of the movies that we show, and that movie is a great, you know, in, in indicator and, and shows you what these movies can do, you know, they're using it, getting it in front of government officials and those government officials are saying, one, we need to move on this because this is out. Yeah. You know, if I don't get ahead of this, I could find myself on the bad side of history, being the group who did not do something about it once there the facts were laid out. And I think that's, that's another piece of it. It's, it's education, but it's a wedge. You know, it's a tool to be able to go to these people and say, you better do something because, you know, the rest of the world is going to know you didn't do something. Yeah, that's really powerful. Well, speaking of powerful, uh, you, you've been at this a while, right? EarthX and EarthX Film has really beautiful momentum and critical mass at this point. 2020 is going to be a really important and powerful year. Why? What's going on in 2020? The 50th anniversary of Earth Day is coming around. That's when the last night, you know, was the half Earth Day, which is basically a kickoff to six months leading up to this 50th anniversary. And as Trammell has said oftentimes, if you don't get people involved on the 50th anniversary, they're not getting involved on the 51st. Mm -hmm. You know, it's one of those, whether it's a corporation or a nonprofit or an educational institution or a government entity, just to walk in and say 50th 
celebration, 50th commensuration of this movement, what are we going to do? How are we going to work together? How are we going to create an alliance? And let's think about 2030. How do we create an alliance that in 10 years we're looking back and saying, we fixed something, we solved something, we, we saw the problem or we learned about the problem during that time and then we worked together? Because it's not enough to get one billion of the people on the planet engaged. You know, when you're looking at eight billion coming up shortly, you know, we have to figure out a way to look beyond the barriers that exist and look for ways that we work together. And as I said, film and media, you know, if you watch a child or an adult watching virtual reality like they were mm -hmm. last night, we have the largest eco virtual reality festival in the world also that runs in tandem. We had 49 pieces last year. Um, it moves you. It makes you come off there and go like, I love those animals. I love that part of the world. I'm afraid for this. How? What do I do? And so that's exciting. This 50th anniversary is a great spot for us to reach out to people and say, get on board. How do you want to do it? How do we get you involved? I really love this. And I love how you're looking ahead to 2030 and thinking about alliances. In fact, I got to give a shout out. So Joni Klar, one of our premier ambassadors and global advisory board members is here with us off camera. Hi, Joni. Hi. And, you know, she and I, we were just talking earlier today, and we, we often talk about and envision and work toward uh, increasing partnerships and collaborations to help with many of these complex and seemingly intractable challenges that we're facing. And I'm, I'm just curious, Michael, for you, when you're thinking about what's coming in 2020 and when you're thinking about the next decade of work that we can all be doing together what what is it that comes to mind for you and what, what is it that you know you're holding in your heart with this work that you're doing um i want to make it so that it's easy for people to see the small changes that they can make in their life that can create a big difference mm -hmm. and to not be overwhelmed by the negativity you know the it's a complicated situation. There, there's no moment that you can think about almost anything where you just go, oh, we can solve that. The, the point is what we can do is create collaborations to solve that. We, we can, I think the planet has the ability to heal itself in many ways, not every way, and we shouldn't take that for granted if we get out of the way. If we just do what we can do positively, but we quit doing the bad we're doing to it. If we look at single-use plastics, just a really small example. If you think about what happened with plastic straws and how there's a movement, but there's a long way to go there. Yeah. If, you, if you think of materials and the fact that what things are made of, mm -hmm. you know, is a big part of don't buy something that ultimately you have to look at the 360 of where's it going to end up is there a plan for it yeah. everything ends up somewhere yeah. think about clothes are you buying new clothes are you buying secondhand clothes are you buying better clothes gently worn you know, right? yeah exactly so, <laughs> you know are you looking for things yeah. that are going to be around for the rest of your life uh, you know are you buying shoes made out of recycled plastic for the ocean it's like just one small educated decision after another and no shame no blame uh, but looking for the ways that we can be a, a part of the positive change coming up i really love this and you know it, the durability and quality and thinking about 
whole system's impacts. And of course, with the Wine Earth community, we really emphasize two key things, detoxification, and of course, decarbonizing atmosphere, bringing those levels back into balance. And detoxification has to do with virtually every aspect of our day-to-day -day lives, mm -hmm. right? Um, and it's one of the reasons I love Patagonia, just to segue a little mm -hmm. bit to remind folks, this is the Why on Earth Community Stewardship and Sustainability podcast series, and we're visiting with Michael Kane at the EarthX Film headquarters here in Dallas, Texas. And I just want to give a quick shout out to our sponsors and partners, which includes Patagonia, um, Wele Waters, Purium, the International Society of Sustainability Professionals, the Lidge Family Foundation, Beauty Counter, and the Association of Waldorf Schools of North America. Of course, I'd be remiss not to mention also Earth Coast Productions. A huge thanks to all of you for your support of this work not only with the digital media and communication work that we're doing, but also, of course, with the community mobilization work we're doing in communities all over. Also, a huge thanks to our uh, friends and uh, ambassadors out there who have joined our monthly giving program. Uh, your, your donations really help all of this work. And if you haven't yet joined, it's very easy to do. You can just go to whyonearth.org and click on the donate button or whyonearth.org support and you can join the monthly giving program at any level that works for you. When you do that, I will send you an email with a very special code to unlock all of our ebook and audiobook resources for free, which you can share with your friends and family. And um, we really encourage that support. We, 2020, I often mention to folks, might be one of the most important years in our species history and story, given all that's at stake. And Michael, I'm just, I'm wondering, I know you've got two daughters, and uh, that I, I overheard you chatting a bit last night about how having daughters has somewhat reoriented or transformed or, or impacted certainly your approach to all of this work you're doing. And I'm, I'm wondering if you might share a little with us about how that's affected your journey and experience becoming a father and having daughters. Yeah, it was a few years ago, actually, my first daughter, I have Athena and Delphine, they're six and four wife Melina, who did a great job raising them while I'm traveling a lot, but uh, I was in Harbor Island and I was on the beach and I was standing there and I was looking at my daughter who was in front of me on the beach with the waves coming up in front of her and she was standing there and, and she stopped and she walked over and picked up a piece of trash and walked over and put it in a trash can that she could barely reach into. I was like, at that level, it's already ingrained in her to take care of this. And so I have to use the, the power that I have, what limited that is. And if anything, I feel like I'm a connector and I can get good people together and I can figure out a way to help them meet and know each other. I've got to use that. I've got to, I've got to encourage and support storytellers and get them telling the right stories or even maybe more importantly, children's stories. Mm. things that are youth oriented and a big part of what you even see behind us we have a youth film competition that we do and that's come out of the fact that my two daughters where I thought at what age and not four and six but what age can they start to make content mm. at what point can they start telling their stories and their perspectives and you know we've got the March for Science Youth Summit that's coming up this year at EarthX and we're working also with good media and Upworthy 
and uh, Instagram and Facebook and Creative Visions, part of a Planet 911 coalition, to help them tell stories from around the world that we showcase here, but then we showcase them again to the world. How do we get those out? And, that, and my daughter's influence, and, I, and the female perspective, to be honest, you know, I've always had a great admiration for women and respect, and uh, you know, now to see them, I want to make sure they have every opportunity in the world equally to, to be what they want to be and do what they want to be, and, and a lot of that means how do they how do I give them the opportunity to be a part of the solution? And they have to lead, I have to lead by example. I have to I have to up my game, and that's what's been going on. Um, I bought a Tesla that hasn't arrived yet. After I just finished this last lease on my car, because I said, you know what, I want them every day to get into a car that is electric. I want them to think that way, so that they'll never think the fact that they have to have be limited to options. Mm -hmm. And yeah, we're a 98% fossil fuel economy right now anyway. That's not going away, and nor does it have to go away completely in the short term, but we have to be smart. Yeah. We, you know, we can't change industry overnight. Right, right. It's about incremental changes. It's about accelerating change where we can. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm curious, given how busy your lifestyle is and how much you travel and so on what are some of your personal practices that help keep you healthy and in balance you know well-being mm -hmm. is so important with all this work that we're doing i'm curious if you might share with us sure i, I just i've only watched louis sahoya's films i watched the game changers yeah. and uh, my wife and i went whole food plant-based based on that mm -hmm. we'd always been the kind of people who knew we bought our food from a farmer's market we knew the people who raised the, the, the chickens when we were eating chicken or the, the beef when we were eating beef and the eggs and you know where our produce comes from and the fact that it's organic. Um, those are some of the choices besides just being healthy and trying to sweat every day. You know, it's that once again, don't tear yourself down. Same way the planet is, if you don't tear yourself down, then the body will take care of itself. And so, and I would love to say that I have time to take mental time to enjoy everything, but I enjoy this, I enjoy the work, I enjoy the people I get to meet, the environmentalists, the, the storytellers, the ones who are much smarter than I am. Um, I get to be around really cool people all the time, and mm. that's healthy. Mm. I absolutely love that, Michael. Well, I know that today we've got a, a very tight schedule with you, and I want to make sure we're being respectful of that. I'm asking before, my team to make sure if they're when they're, my next group, sorry, is yeah, here. Yeah, before we sign off, I want to make sure we're giving everybody the URLs where they can go to find out more, how to get involved with EarthX Film, how to best support, any of these calls to action you want to share with our audience. Sure. Everything, I think, starts at the earthx.org site. I think that's a, a great place to get involved. and. People can volunteer, and, and there's a film drop-down and category in there, the same way there's conferences and expo. You know, download the app. Download the EarthX.org app, and it's got a lot of great tips. The EarthX League, which is an initiative where we're doing, where we're creating a space for people to collaborate and work together, come to our year-round screenings. You know, that's something we do is 
we do at least one a month. Sometimes this, this month we're doing three. Next month we're doing four. We thought November would be an easy one. But the reality is there's so many great stories that need to be told. And we just need, we have to get them out there. Films like The Ghost Fleet, that, you know, important film about the fishing industry and even slavery. Um, you know, the, um, the River and the Wall, a great film about the environmental impact uh, of what's going on if you built a wall on the Rio Grande. So taking away the political and going into the nature piece of it. Um, those are the kind of movies we see all year round. Yeah, EarthX.org, EarthX Film on social media, Instagram, Facebook. If we don't have Pinterest, I'd be surprised. But uh, those are great ways to keep up and then sign up to our newsletter. And then let us know if you have a better idea than us. We're, we're fine with feedback and, and people coming to us just saying, have you thought of this? Because mm -hmm. we don't expect that we know everything. We don't want to be the people who know everything. We don't want to get comfortable. Um, as we created with Trammell a safe space to have awkward conversations. I love it. And, and that's where change happens. Change is about preaching to the choir. It's not having the same group of environmentalists, God bless us, in a room. <laughs> we already got it. We need the people who are the ones who don't know it yet. And once we educate them to, to choose a language of love, to find a way to talk to people without putting them down and say, here's an idea of something to do. So all those sites connect you to a community. Yeah. And I think that's the important thing about what you're doing and what we're doing. It's absolutely beautiful, the collaboration, the community. I really I really love it and appreciate it. We all believe we're competitors, not competitors. Competitors, yeah. yeah like so we're just working to create a larger pool of people who, who need to know about what we do. Absolutely beautiful. Well, Michael, thanks for taking the time to visit with us today. And uh, before we sign off, is there anything else you'd like to share, words of wisdom with our audience? Um, I think what's important, it's so interesting, and, and if your audience is an audience of environmentalists, you know, people who care about the planet, mm. uh, it's different than the message when you speak to a conservative. Mm -hmm. And as Trammell, who is a Republican... We have, we have conservative conservationists yeah, in our audience, exactly. right? Exactly. Yeah. Be open to the dialogue. Be, you know, don't walk in with a closed mind. Don't walk in with a, because you believe this, I don't want to talk to you. Um, that isn't how change happens. You know, like I said, you can't, if you, if you go to a church, if you go to a university, the, the whole reason that whoever's up front is speaking is because the assumption is that the people that they're talking to need what's coming out of them, mm. you know, the, the dialogue. And if you don't just go to a church and preach to the choir, mm -hmm. you don't necessarily go uh, into, uh, teachers don't teach teachers, teachers teach students. Mm -hmm. And so I just think just to be open to that as in, I don't know it all and I, I want to know more mm -hmm. and I want to get to know your side of the story because I may not agree with you, but we all agree that we both want clean water and clean air and a better future for our children. Yeah, beautiful. Well, thank you, Michael. Thank really you. Appreciate, I appreciate visiting it. with you. Thank you, God. Yeah. Good job. Wonderful. Thank you. See you later, everybody.
The Why on Earth Community Stewardship and Sustainability podcast series is hosted by Aaron William Perry, author, thought leader, and executive consultant. The podcast and video recordings are made possible by the generous support of people like you. To sign up as a daily, weekly, or monthly supporter, please visit whyonearth.org support. Support packages start at just $1 per month. The podcast series is also sponsored by several corporate and organization sponsors. You can get discounts on their products and services using the code WHYONEARTH, all one word with a Y. These sponsors are listed on the whyonearth.org backslash support page. If you found this particular podcast episode especially insightful, informative, or inspiring, please pass it on and share it with a friend whom you think will also enjoy it. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for your support. And thank you for being a part of the Why on Earth community.